Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. Kudos for naming your son Ty, T-Y-E, just like I spell my name. There aren't many T-Y-E's out there. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Let me say, never have any Razorback fan been more proud of today because you kicked the butt of the best football team in America. Yeah! I told Doug Dick, the athletic director, that they're the best football team that we've seen since Florida in the, in the championship game five years ago. That's who you whipped in the fourth quarter. Yeah! Those 50,000 people are going to be 70,000 people. It's going to be awesome because of what you did today. It will go down in history as one of the greatest victories we've ever had. And I speak on behalf of every Razorback fan. We are so grateful and we can't wait for the next game, the next game, and the years to come because victory is going to be habitual. Hey, this is Darren McFadden. You're listening to The Morning Rush. Live from the Bush Light Studios. Bush. 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. On your favorite Arkansas sports talk station. Were you going to have a party here tonight, son? I don't know what that was all about. Streaming live from hitthatline.com. That seducer and spoiler must be stopped. He's extremely dangerous. This is The Morning Rush with Ty Richardson, Tommy Kraft, and Chuck Barrett. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The Morning Rush. Morning Rush starts right now. Yes, so five years ago yesterday was the passing of Frank Broyles, and we've shared some memories already this morning, including that one after the 99 win over Tennessee. I want to get Chuck's thoughts about that coming up, and not only to uh, have a relationship with him, but just kind of going to work there for a guy that maybe you grew up idolizing. Victory is going to be habitual. I mean, it just gives you goosebumps when you hear Coach Broyles, the late Coach Broyles, say that. It's Hot Take Monday brought to you by Wheels RV. Five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices, and my favorite part, a lifetime warranty so you never have to worry about a thing when you buy at Wheels RV. Five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover with Wheels RV.
Chuck, was it intimidating to work there initially after you grew up idolizing this guy? Well, yeah, I think certainly for anyone who grew up in Arkansas when, you know, you met Frank Broyles for the first time, yes, it was intimidating. I mean, he cast a large shadow. And I think for a lot of people that grew up in Arkansas that ended up going to work uh, in some form or fashion, uh, for the Razorbacks, you know, if you were there in that era, you encountered him, and yeah, it was um, it was one of those situations where, you know, you knew he was the guy that you had to please at the end of the day. Here's the thing about Coach Broyles, and I think that you could hear it in his voice there. He wanted to win. He was a competitor. Winning's what mattered to Coach Broyles. It was all about the Razorbacks with Coach Broyles. Um, and I can tell you that you know, and I don't want to make it sound like I was as close as some others because I wasn't. I mean, I came in, you know, at the uh, – he was – he'd already been the AD for a long time uh, when I came in. And, and um, but he was um, – he was a guy that – I mean, if you did not put the program first, he didn't have a lot of use for you. If you put yourself first, um, you weren't going to be there very long. And that's just kind of how he was. He wanted to win. Hunter wants to win. Um, and I, I, I see some similarities there in terms of their competitiveness. Uh, but um, Coach Broyles was all about the Razorbacks. We don't meet very many people in life that are true visionaries. That's a word that is too, too far overused, too much overused. But Coach Broyles was a visionary. He saw things the rest of us didn't see. And he understood psychologically the people of this state he knew his fan base. He knew them inside out. He knew what they thought. He knew their habits. He knew everything about them. And those who were around then say that he was the first big-time coach or one of the few big-time coaches that also really understood business. His business acumen was as good as his football acumen. And I think that as the years passed and we saw him perform as an athletic director, that, uh, that became very apparent. You know, a lot of people point to 1964 and the championship and that stretch in the mid-60s, um, what was it, 22 straight in there that might might have been his greatest accomplishment. But, Chuck, I, I think the, the vision and the uh, foresight to move uh, from the Southwest Conference to the Southeastern Conference, while that, that national championship is still great to celebrate, the long-lasting effects, here we are 30 years later, uh, from that move being initiated, where would you be without that? I, I, there's so many question marks you would have if he had not got out in front of uh, the dominoes that would fall in college football. That, to me, might be his greatest legacy. I think he has two legacies, I, uh, or, or multiple legacies. Mm-hmm. I think he has legacies as a coach, and I think he has legacies as an athletic director. And he was so good at both that he actually left a legacy in both. Some guys do both. Uh, they don't leave one legacy. Uh, he left multiple legacies. You know, you look at the 64 National Championship, and certainly that's the, uh, uh, you know, that's the thing that stands out. But what he did was he made the Razorbacks competitive on the national stage. He made the Razorback football team our state's calling card. He gave us something to rally around after the desegregation crisis in Little Rock in the late 50s. Uh, they became, he became, our program became the pride of our state. It became the one unifying force in our state, and it remains that way today. Um, he, he, he developed all American players. He coached coaches. 
Um, he developed head coaches that won Super Bowls, that won national championships. Um, his legacies as a coach are unrivaled, or at least, you know, nobody's going to surpass him. Um, but no question, as an athletic director, his greatest legacy is the move to the Southeastern Conference. We'd be dead in the water right now. We'd be one of those teams on the outside looking in. The only reason we're okay right now, frankly, is because we're in the SEC. Otherwise, and, and, and it goes back to what he did as a coach and then as an athletic director. He made a little school from a small, poor state a national player. And um, we're in a safe spot right now. We would not be. We would not be. Had we stayed and ended up in the Big 12, we'd be uh, we'd be fighting for our lives right now. We'd so there's Kansas no question State, that's you know. well, there, there's 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 no question that's his lasting legacy. But it goes beyond the obvious. Um, baseball is part of his legacy as an AD. That's part of being in the SEC. The money available that allows you to do things like initially build Baum Stadium and ultimately build uh, what you have now with the Hunt Center. It's it's. Um, it goes way beyond the obvious. And, you know, his vision in terms of getting to the SEC was, was, was certainly something that, you know, we will benefit from forever. I think now, frankly, those who have been around him will tell you that, I mean, he might have privately had a few second thoughts. I mean, wondered when we were getting our brains bashed in in the 90s if we'd made a mistake. Uh, but I think as time has worn on and as we've seen how things have developed it 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 was and, and i i think it's inarguable um i think it's the greatest move in the history of razorback athletics help me on this real quick chuck this was from jt hot springs did Broyles used to have to pay Razorback radio stations to broadcast games across the state. Is that a fact? No, or fiction? no, no. I'll tell you what happened was, uh, uh, and this was one of the one of the things that they did that I, you know, looking back on, had a lot to do with you know expanding the audience of the Razorbacks. They didn't pay them, but they didn't make them pay, and uh, that's. That's how it happened. It, it was, you know, they didn't they didn't pay them, but but, but they didn't make them pay. Yeah. And Coach Broyles barnstormed the state with John Barnhill. He learned his audience. He knew exactly what they wanted, and he gave it to them every day. And um, but there were about thirteen radio stations that were the original Razorback football network. And um, Coach Broyles, I've heard him talk about it. Uh, talked about how much that had to do with the uh, with 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 Arkansas becoming a one team state. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting props and futures head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's believe b-l-e-a-v 50 that's believe b-l-e-a-v 5-0 bet online where the game starts first western bank we are more than just a bank We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. 
from financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Now he does a tightrope act. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hogs! Arkansas got a 75-54 win in their game three of the Euro trip. They'll play their final game today in Como, Italy. Against Baca something. Apparently there's an Arkansas connection on Baca by the name of Skylar Bolden, who was born in Paragold, Arkansas, which I thought was kind of interesting. But plays, final, on, plays on their team? Yeah, plays on their okay. team. Final game at 12 o'clock today. Uh, again, on Flow Sports for those that have, have purchased. It's, I don't I don't know if we'll see someone purchase the final game for the 30 bucks or whatever it is, but it has been enjoyable to watch Arkansas yeah. basketball in August, which you get to do. Once every four years, I guess. Well, I bet there were some people just over the weekend that watched just that game because they had, they weren't, weren't at work. They had the the availability to do it, so it's probably f- fun for them. And uh, this is this has been a well timed trip, I think. And uh, I've, I've been surprised, Chuck, at the level of interest in this international tour. I would imagine they probably got their most subscribers on Saturday. Yeah, you know, they probably got a lot of new subscribers on Saturday and. I don't know if they'll all be able to watch at noon today, but noon's a time when maybe some people can watch for a little while. People are interested in this team because they think they're going to potentially be a national championship contender. And, you know, that's that's why people are interested. They've got new players. They've got all these freshmen they've been hearing about for a year and a half. And they believe in their head coach. They like Muss. Muss is entertaining. And uh, Muss talks to them, and they like that. Yeah. And we'll, we got another sound by the Hill play coming up in, in just a bit. Just kind of Eric Musselman talking about the starting lineup. All guys have started this road trip to this point, all 13 yeah. players. So that's something that uh, I know that he wanted to see done and has been done. But he uh, said everyone won't play today in this final game. So yeah. that, that'll be an interesting study of the box score to see uh, who was in, who was out. How so. they go about doing it. One of the things that you wanted to talk about this morning, Tommy, was Sam Pittman talking about Hunter Hayden Henry and Grant Morgan. He touched on that a little bit yesterday and what they mean to the program. Well, you know, I never thought Hayden Henry got enough credit. When he was wired, there was one short or two. I mean, he's crazy. I mean, in a good way. He's fearless. Let's say that. Crazy is the wrong word. He's fearless. Uh, Fourth and one, he's going to go in there and somebody's getting hit. Him or somebody. I mean, uh, he was at practice yesterday. He... He, he, he was invaluable to our football team. He really was. And, and Grant was was everything as well. He was a little more vocal. I think when Henry talked, they were kind of afraid of him. When Grant talked, it was kind of, we're listening to you, you know. Wonderful kids that loved Arkansas, and they loved the culture that our coaches, you know, brought in here. These guys, I thought, just epitomized what you hope a kid from Arkansas will be when they become Razorbacks. I mean, both of them. Hayden Henry, when you talk to Hayden, he's the nicest kid. He's a clean-cut kid. You know, when you visit with him off the football field, he's, you know, yes, sir, no, sir. You feel like you're talking to a, you know, a guy that's probably going to be a bank president or running a company, someone who's, uh, uh, someone who's got that, that cut about him. 
But then he gets on the football field. And, I mean, what Coach Pittman said right there about him is what they've said about him for three or four years. And um, he does become a wild man on the field. And I do think he was just a terrific football player. Grant Morgan is a guy that just maximized everything that he had. You take a look at that kid. I mean, take a look at a picture of him when he walked in here as a freshman and take a picture of him now. It's like two different human beings. I mean, he uh, um, he wanted to be a football player. And physically, he did whatever he had to do uh, to make that possible. And from a mental standpoint, he soaked up everything he could soak up. And both these guys played way beyond what a lot of people thought they might be when they started. And um, I'm always reminded of what Coach Hatfield said, that all things being equal, a kid from Arkansas, he'll give you everything he's got. He'll give you his heart and soul. And those kids gave the Razorbacks their heart and soul. There's no doubt about it. And the question was asked of Coach yesterday what these two guys did uh, as far as building this program and from a recruiting standpoint, what they meant over uh, – over the last few years, and and I think they've made it a it reestablished it as Arkansas is a great place to come and play defense. And he talked about their their characteristics there. But Chuck, I think you drove the nail home right there with you know the kind of players you get and being from Arkansas. Um, you know, we've seen Tyler Wilson and we saw Grant's other uh, Drew come out of there uh, out of Greenwood. We've seen you know small town kids and and Henry wasn't that way. But you're exactly right. These kids from Arkansas just. I guess to borrow the phrase from the SEC, it just means more. And uh, well, that's exactly what uh, what you get out of these guys. You grow up dreaming about it. It doesn't mean a kid from out of state can't do the very same thing. I mean, Bumper Pool loves the Razorbacks as much as anybody breathing, I promise you. But um, I think for those two kids, it was special. There was a legacy involved. Uh, and I think that uh, it, 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 it was, you know, when you say family, I mean, it was, uh, that went right to the core of those guys. And, they were as they were as good a representatives of our program as we'll have. Last thing here, five years ago yesterday, Frank Broyles uh, passed away. Chuck, what specific memory do you have of Frank Broyles? Probably <laughs> oh, too I've many got to three count. or four of them that stand out. I remember, um, oh, I was maybe 31, 32. I hadn't been around very long, and I would mentioned on the air that day that I had to go to Little Rock. Well, I hadn't been off the air very long, and Don Ida called and said, uh, Coach Boyles needs a ride to Little Rock tomorrow. Can he ride down there with you? Well, sure. You know, and immediately, I mean, I'm scared to death. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm going. I'm I'm cleaning out the car. I mean, <laughs> so I'm you're I'm back. the car wash. Oh, okay. You know, I was a poor boy. I it wasn't like I could run you to the look, detail you shop for quarters to back yeah, it out. Yeah, I, it wasn't like I had a C note where I could go have a detail that afternoon. I swear to God, I'm at the car wash that night. I'm vacuuming that thing out. I'm getting. I'm I'm, I'm cleaning that car out. And so the next day, we go, and Coach Broyles is in there. And I did think for a minute, you know, it's probably the first time in my life I can drive as fast as I want. And uh, I didn't. <laughs> but about halfway through the trip, and anybody that's been around Coach in the afternoon or was around him in the afternoon knows this, he was going to take a nap. And uh, he said, I think I'm going to lean back and take a nap. And he did. And so I'm driving, and, you know, kind of catch your breath. You know, you don't have to make conversation at that point. He's asleep. Well, then his cell phone rings. And I'm like, what do I do? Do I wake him up and say, Coach, you got a call? Or do I just let it ring? Well, I just let it ring. And so when he wakes up, I said, Coach, somebody called you. 
So he calls him back. He goes, why didn't you wake me up? And I said, well, Coach, I don't really know what to do. And so he uh, calls him and he said, my driver didn't wake me up when the phone rang. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm not even sure he knew my name at the time, if you want to know the truth. I was just his driver. But uh, I will never forget that day, I promise you. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So for a lot of our state, it is the first day of school, and you're driving in the car right now to drop the kiddos off, maybe you're going to high school or whatever the case may be, and I've heard from countless different people, young guys, young girls, and my dad makes us listen to you. Not <laughs> no, not we get to listen to you, but my dad or mom, they make us listen to you. Held hostage, In yes. the morning. So take me back. As we get rolling here on a hot take Monday in hour three, what was it like in the car back in the day for for you gentlemen on the way to elementary and middle school in, in Clarksville and Fort Smith? Hot take Monday brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale, home of the lifetime warranty. Wheels RV, seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV. I, I never had control of the radio as a kid. That, that was it was always dad. He listened to Magic 107.9. I I specifically remembering remember hearing this guy on there deliver that because they'd have a short newscast, and there was a guy on there that said, and that's news. I'm Chuck Barrett, and that's news on Magic 107.9. <laughs> and I was probably 10th or 11th grade, somewhere there. Early, early 90s, that'd been about right. Yeah, early nineties. Early nineties, exactly 90s. right. Ninety three, ninety four in that area. Yes, listen to I music do remember station. that. Yeah, there, I there, certainly do. There was no, um, there was no talk radio, so you know, we no. didn't have the pleasure of listening to something about the Razorbacks in the morning. You were listening for news, weather, and maybe a maybe a tune or two. So. I would listen to. Uh, now, I was in Clarksville, which is about halfway. It's about the halfway. You can get a Little Rock and Ford Smith, is what I'm saying. KKYK and Little Rock, Craig O'Neill did the morning show and i mean he's in my mind the goat and so uh that was uh that was must listen and commander ken ken rank <laughs> yes you old timers will yeah. remember ken rank from doing the weather on forty twenty nine, but he was a radio personality and he was commander ken and uh commander ken was must listen back in the late 70s and early 80s so i went back and forth between craig o'neill and commander ken you know and i controlled the radio was me. My, my mom was a teacher, and so we would. She would drive my sister and I to school, and being the only guy in the car, 
I commanded the radio, or uh, I, I I controlled the radio. You know, the old in our industry, if you have a ten share and in, in something, I mean, which means ten percent of the people listening to the radio are listening to you. That's that's pretty good stuff right there. Back in the day, that the, the the old the old heads will tell you, Commander Ken back in the day held a seventy share in the mornings. Oh, he was the man. I mean, it was unbelievable what he, he was did. the man. Now you know it evolved, and he went into TV, and and uh, he did all these character voices, right? Oh yeah, all these, he was. Yeah, I mean, it he sounded was, like six people good. were on the show, but it was only yeah, he him. was good. Yeah, he, he, was, was, uh, yeah. he was really good. Yeah. What's the the mindset for the fathers out there and the mothers this morning? What does that feel like taking the youngsters to? Well, yeah, tell us so, the truth, Tommy. Well, for the, but in, in all honesty, our kids start next week. But this was a tough week at our house because football practice. Dylan's going into the seventh grade, and I guess all the teachers have meetings this week, and they have to move practice around. So practice, rather than beginning at nine thirty, begins at begins at six thirty today. So I can only imagine. Uh, the the difficulty of getting a twelve year old out of bed this morning to go to football practice at six thirty in the morning. So that meant my wife was getting up even earlier than she would normally for school. So normally I, I, I'm very grateful to uh, to hold down this post and be here at six thirty seven o'clock seven fifteen in the morning as she's trying to hustle them out the door because I can imagine the uh, the level of difficulty that is most days. Uh, at our house and i think for most moms and probably even some dads you know sc- just the, the relief of school being back probably means 9 a.m mimosas today I, that, that's all like there's there's probably a bloody mary or a mimosa on the mind of many within the hour now there that school be some day drinkers today? yeah Is that the well they, they're going to start today because uh, the relief of summer being over and the kids going back to school at least seven or eight hours a day of reprieve with the kids going back so it's Parenthood going to push me to weak drinking? I don't drink during the week now, but is it going to push me to a point where I have to consume alcohol during the week? Well, let's just say there's some benefits from being here in the morning. You know, I was going to say, I'll bet this was one morning. Tommy was glad he was able to get out of the house at about four thirty or five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Didn't mind a bit, so uh, <laughs> don't even have to sneak out. So absolutely. So I'm trying to think, just I mean, sports radio is something that my dad ingrained in my brain early on. Back in the day, we rarely listened to anything else. I got, I guess, in our 98 Dodge Ram that my brother and I shared, we would occasionally listen to music, but I was born and bred on sports talk. And I, you've talked, you've talked about how that didn't used to be a thing. I've only grown up in a world where sports talk was, has been a part of the radio. And that's always been something I'll flick it on. And even if I'm not in Arkansas, I'll listen to sports radio outside the state just because I kind of, that's just what yeah. I'm so used to at this point. That technology didn't exist, though, 20 years ago. I know. You know or 22 years ago. It's but. changed. Well, you reach a point, I think, in life where, you know, the new music doesn't appeal to you anymore. Um, nobody wants to hear the oldies. And you just kind of morph into talk radio. Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, uh, for a lot of people, that becomes their staple. I think there's a new generation that, you know, was raised on it. Talk radio when it hit, it stuck. I mean, that's that, that's just kind of how it is. The older we get, we all want to. Not argue. just sports, not just sports. I yeah. mean, talk talk radio when it hit. Um, I mean, it was uh, it was a hit from the get go. You mentioned the argument aspect. My dad thought I was going to be a lawyer when I was a kid because I loved to argue with almost anything he said, and then I was too dumb to be a lawyer, so I just 
took the the road less traveled, which is sports talk radio, where I can still argue about stuff. And the highest of all callings, yeah, sports yeah. talk radio. Yeah, either a lawyer. That's like Jethro Bodine saying, "I'm either going to be a what was it, a fry cook or a or a brain surgeon. I'm either going to be a brain surgeon or a fry cook. Yeah. I'm either going to be a lawyer or a sports talk mm-hmm. show host. Um, Pretty much the same thing. Took yeah. the uh, took the easy route on that. Didn't have to pass a bar to get into this industry. Just and you just to, went to the bar. Yeah, just went to the bar. That's, that's how I got hired, honestly. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Take our first call of the morning up in Benville, Arkansas. Woods is here with us this morning. Woods, do you have a do you have a memory driving with your dad or mom to school, listening to the radio in the morning? Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. Um, we always listen to uh, 80s music in the T-Tops Camaro. So. There you go. Got a babe. Riding yeah. in style. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the cool kids. Uh, but I had a comment. Um, yeah, uh, Ty, your your comment that uh, Hunter Yurichek, uh switch over from Pepsi to Coke being like, one of his biggest accomplishments yet just shows like your private school upbringing because uh, you're, you're you're worried about what you're mixing your whiskey with when you go to the football game. So, uh, I mean, us public school kids are like, yeah, we'll we'll just whatever's wet, you know. We'll you know, whatever. I can I can remember when Hunter first got here, we recorded. A thing, what was called a walk and talk. We started on one goal line, walked to the other goal line, talked about everything in between. And I asked him one of those, you know, open-ended questions that you ask to get somebody talking. I said, you know, what have you learned since you've been here? He hadn't been here very long then. The first thing he said was, well, I've learned people care what soft drink they drink. And uh, (laughs) so I'm sure he got hit with that pretty quickly. From Ty, probably over and over again. Yeah. Well, he wasn't the only one. I can promise you that. <laughs> that, that hey, I'm I'm with you, man. I, I can, uh, whatever's there, I'll take. But uh, yeah. a lot of people, that's been really, really important. And I know that. Huh. So, my, my, and then get to my question is, so I, I've, well, and I'll, I'll give you a plug to your, one of your sponsors. I was sitting in my Burton Pools and Spas this weekend. Uh, built pool, which they do a, an incredible job of design to to build to customer service. Um, but I see the two deep in the offensive line, and there's some really big dudes on the second team. Uh, are these guys going to get to play? Like uh, like Manuel, St. John, um, and Harris? Yeah, you got Andrew Shambly, Marion Harris... Uh, Jalen St. John out of St. Louis. You mentioned Devin Mayo. I think he's out of Louisiana. He's 6'7". Chambly's 6'5". John's, I think, 6'4". Tommy, you got the roster. Yeah. I don't know if it's got a well, high weight. And, 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 and Woods, that's a great question. Yesterday he was asked about specifically Chuck Luke, Luke Jones over on the left side. And not much has been said about him in camp. And he said that's been a good thing. Devin Manuel's going to back him up. So, uh, talking about some of these guys, Chuck, uh, uh, the one guy that's not coming back as a starter might have been that had the most solid camp to this point. Yeah, I think they're I think they're set on who their frontliners are going to be. And and yes, these other guys are going to play. Um, how much? You know, lots of times on offensive lines, you'll have five backups listed there, but only three of them will play. Um, they'll rotate guys. Guys will move to different spots. And I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but sometimes it does happen. I think a guy like Tykeest Crawford's going to have to play. 
Um, it sounds like he's pushing Wagner. Um, I would I would expect both of them to play. I'll tell you a guy that I wonder about is Marcus Henderson, kid out of Memphis. He's um, um, you know he played some. In fact, they lined him up a little bit on the other side of the ball. Um, he's uh, he was pretty heralded coming out of high school. He just hadn't done much. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. He just hasn't done much. And uh, you know he's a he's a redshirt sophomore. Um, he's listed as one of the backups at center. Um, I don't know. You know, he, he's a cross-trained guy. I don't know if he's going to push. I don't, I don't know how much he's going to play. He may just be one of those guys that's listed there. But I've wondered about, you know, what he might develop into. Uh, would he develop into the player that a lot of people thought he might when he got here because he showed some promise. Uh, Terry Wells is another guy, redshirt freshman, that they really like. Um, you know, and, and yeah, they're going to play. I mean, you hope they don't have to play mm-hmm. because of injuries, but yeah, they're, they're, they're all going to get a shot. Yeah. I'll be interested to see with Andrew Chambly and, uh, Chambly's Amer- one. and right. Marion Harris, the two young freshmen out of central That's Arkansas, right. one out of mom one out of Joe T. Uh, you know, we got to remember because everything's kind of been messed up with, with COVID about eligibility and rules, but I guess it still applies, Chuck, that the, what is it? Five game rule. You can appear in, Four four games. That's right. Four games. Ty. Yeah, four games. You get you can appear in four different games. Do they do they let them go past that point to save the red shirt as veteran as they are up front? I'll be interested to see. Cause I think both those guys can get on the field. Or are they good enough to play in eight or nine games or, or more this year? That that's an interesting angle with some of these young guys like Chambly and and Marion Harris. Yeah, I mean we'll just have to see. There they'll. Uh, um, I would imagine if things go the way you want them to, they'll you know. They may have an opportunity to maybe get a little more time against Missouri State when you get there, but you don't know that. Um, you don't know how the game's going to unfold. You hope, but 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 you don't know that absolutely. Um, and and you know that is one thing about the schedule is jumping right into it with Cincinnati, and then you know your conference opener uh, the week after that. I mean, if you can't play. You know, you're not gonna. You know, you're not gonna get on the job training necessarily against teams like that. If you can't play, you're not gonna be out there. But um, you know, we'll have to see if some of these guys get some time as we go. And, and I want to say something about this schedule that we've only looked at it in the tough Badlands, and it's difficult. I think as fans, you have to look at the schedule as it being difficult, but. You're going to have so many marquee games that are going to be not only incredible to attend in person, but from a national television standpoint, I would expect ESPN and CBS to pluck up a lot of these games because if Arkansas is as good as they think where they're going to be in that. And then how much you, you were talking about what Gus Malzahn said about 45, four and five stars at the Iron mm-hmm. Bowl. And that's one of the reasons he didn't leave for Fayetteville amongst other things is because there's not probably a chance that that happens. But I would expect, like the Texas game was last year, and Isaiah Satania was talking about this in Bob Holt's article, that's one of the reasons he committed and signed with Arkansas is because of that Texas game. You're going to have so many incredible atmospheres on campus that's almost going to force kids to want to come to these games that may not have Arkansas the highest of highs on their list. Maybe they're top five, top three and that could put them over the top. I just think when we talk about the schedule, it's only seen as a negative 
at this point outside of season ticket holders. It's not just a negative in terms of the competition you have to face. It's a positive in the sense that you're going to get a ton of national attention and recruits that come to campus that might not in a in a down schedule year you just relative hope, to what you have. You just hope there's not a ton of 11 a.m. games. That's that's the other thing. You got one you know with South Carolina. You need you need the game start a little bit later so more out-of-state guys can the flight can land and they can can get here. Brought to you by the Booyah Bait Company. It's made right here in Arkansas. It's the hottest swimming jig on the Arkansas River right now. You want to take along the Booyah Mobster with you. It's designed by the Muddy Water Mob, and it'll help you win tournaments or just have a great day you know, you know, whooping up on your brother or your cousin or someone out on Lake Dardanelle or Kerr Lake or some of that river water right now. If you're working submerged grass or matted grass, uh, you, want to, you want to take along the Booyah Mobster to help you reel them in. Find it at LureNet.com and tackle stores throughout Arkansas. Arkansas and Oklahoma. It's the Booyah Mobster. Chuck, I can't remember the last time that I've seen fans and coaches drool over a transfer as much as they seem to have done with Drew Sanders. He seems to be a guy that he had a couple sacks in the scrimmage, according to to Coach Pittman. He's coming over as a five-star kid out of Texas after starting his career at Alabama, and the only reason he's lost his job to Dallas Turner, because Turner's a freak in an injury concern, but I just think that there are so many fans excited about what he's going to bring to the table at the linebacker position with his speed, and I can't really think of a guy lately that there's been this much buzz and and palpable talk about. Well, he's a good player, and when you transfer from Alabama, that certainly catches people's attention, just like on the other side with Matt Landers when you transfer from Georgia. Uh, Coach Pittman talked about that. You know, you uh, um, you know he's they 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 both played in big games they've both you know been in programs where you know every game is the biggest event of the week by far in whatever locale they're in and it'll be that way here you think about Alabama and Georgia I can promise you I've been to both places when they play it's the biggest thing going and it's that way here too so you benefit from that and the guys come in here and um, they understand what's expected and they're accustomed to the big stage and they're not afraid They've played great players in practice every day, so they know how to compete. Um, yeah, both these guys and Sanders on the defensive side, I mean, that's a that's a huge get because, I mean, when Grant Morgan leaves, Bumper Poole decides to come back, um, you know, and then you add somebody like Sanders. And it's not like they hadn't recruited well there, too. I mean, they, they, they've got some guys that are going to play. I mean, they got some other guys that are going to play. But you look at those two guys – I think that uh, you got to be pretty happy with where you start at at linebacker. Yeah, and you know that's just the difference in today's game. But he adds a speed element that um, I think has just been next level. I mean, you had we've talked about Hayden Henry and um, and Grant Morgan and and, and great in-state players, but. I think you're going to see something with Sanders you hadn't seen oh. in a while as far as the lateral speed, sideline to sideline. I, I think you're exactly right. And, and I mean, this guy is a five-star for a reason. I mean, he's uh, uh, this is a great football player. This is the kind of guy that, as you say, you expect to call his name a lot. If the defensive line does their job and those linebackers can roam, um, he is going to be able to do a lot of good things. And yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that at that spot, you know, you always wonder what's going to happen beyond those guys. But I think frontliners there, they're pretty good. You know, Bumper Pools, what, I know he's had the extra year because of COVID, but he's within 
a pretty good shot of uh, being the career tackles leader at the University of Arkansas following this year. So that will be another storyline. It's Bua is the all-time, right? He's got he's, I it's like, right. I think it's like 45 tackles yeah, is all so. he has to get. He right now in the FBS is the second current playing tackler in all of college football. Yeah. Think about that. There's no other there's one other player in college football right now that has more current tackles than Bumper Pool. That's pretty incredible. Well, I know, you know, as one who writes down a lot of stats getting ready to do the games that it's um, you know, it's been Bumper and obviously Grant Morgan too and I suspect this year it'll be uh, It'll be Bumper, Sanders, and Catalan in the top three. Through three games in this Euro trip, you're starting to identify certain traits and characteristics of each players. And I don't know if you can necessarily narrow or nail down what the starting lineup is going to be coming up in a couple months. But guys, we were talking, sure seems like that Trent Brazil got the message from games two to three, and would you say of anyone that he's made the biggest move on this Euro trip in Italy and in Spain? Well, I think he's the one that probably, for me anyway, um, looks like a much better player than the one I saw play at Missouri. Uh, Now, he came on a little bit at the end of last year. I know he scored 15 for Mizzou in their uh, conference tournament game with LSU, uh, so he, he showed some signs of this, I think, toward the end. He played well against Arkansas in one of the games last year, which is probably a big part of the reason that he's here. Um, uh, you know, he had one rebound in the second game, and he had 14 points. And um, the 14 points was great, but the one rebound from a guy that long, you need more. And he gave him seven in the third game. Um, his field goal percentage has just been unbelievable. I mean, it's just been unbelievable. Now, a lot of those have been pretty easy baskets. And I've always maintained for him that – I may be wrong, but, but my, my thought on him has been that, you know, his length would help inside defensively a lot in terms of block shots. Um, he's not a real, you know, thick guy. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what his rebound totals are like in games. Um, the player that I've seen before, you know, mid-range guy, um, someone that can help you in that regard. His athleticism, I think, is really on display in this system. Uh, I think it's good for him. I think he's a guy that's, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's certainly made a move. But there's lots of, you know, we focus on guys like Black and Smith and, you know, obviously Devo's back and Kamani's back. But, you know, guys like Ricky Council the fourth. Um, where's that guy going to fit into all this? Is Jordan Walsh going to start? Is Jordan Walsh going to come off the bench? Um, you know, he's obviously going to play. Kamani Johnson's a guy that, you know, first off, everybody thought, you know, he's going to leave. And then it was like, well, why is he coming back? He's not going to play. Um, but if you're physical and you can play and, and you can, in Kamani's case, make free throws when he gets fouled, you're going to be on the floor. So Kamani's obviously... Um, not going away. You don't know about the Mitchell guys yet. There's been some, you know, there have been some flashes. Um, Barry Dunning, you know, we've talked about him some. How does he fit into the mix? Joseph Pinion. I think the one thing, though, that we do see is that Nick Smith Jr. is the best player on the floor. And when it's money time, and it's going to be money time in a lot of these close ball games, he's going to have the ball. He's going to be the one that this revolves around. This guy, you know, 
you don't fit in. You, you know, you don't ease in a player that may be the number one pick in the draft. I mean, he, he's 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 the focal point, and I think that's become clear too that Nick Smith Jr. is best player on this team. Well, I, I think you can go as far as saying it is his team. I mean, um, and that's rare that you say it about a true freshman, but uh, this this is his team. And he, if you had to put money on one player to start, that'd be the one you'd put the most on. And I think I think the other four spots are up for grabs. I think his spot, Chuck, is uh, is nailed down, and I don't think it takes much insight to figure that out. No, he's uh, he's the best player out there, and. But, you know, here's the thing. There are so many other good players, too, great players. Um, You know, but you wonder about, or at least I do, um, you know, Jordan Walsh, for example. I know Jordan Walsh is going to make a lot of great plays. Uh, This is a guy that can make the spectacular play. Um, But mentally, you know, defensive assignments, um, all the things that go into being a complete player, where is he in that regard? And I think you can say the same thing about all these young guys, perhaps with the exception of Smith, is is, is that you do wonder, um, you know, from a mental standpoint on the defensive end, um, how all this is going to play out. But the one good thing about all these guys, and the one thing that I think is very evident off this trip, is you've got a lot of good basketball instincts. You've got high basketball IQ out there. Um, you've got players that know how to play the game. You've got players that... Um, you know, are a cut above what most teams you play are going to have in terms of ability and potential. So I like that part of this team. You know, whether we're out playing some golf on the weekend or you're in a, in a restaurant, people are talking about Razorback basketball right now. You go to the convenience store and you, you, you strike up a conversation, that's happening. Grocery store, places like that. People come back to who's going to start on this team. And while I think Nick Smith's, uh, you can just go ahead and put him in a pin and Sharpie, I think that's done. I think the other four spots, guys, knowing Muss and, and Chuck, the way you've seen it unfold over the last three years, if you don't commit to defense and you're not there on every trip defensively, you're not going to stick with this guy. And I, I think the answer to the question, who are the best defenders at those spots, I think that's ultimately uh, you know who gets the edge in starting come November. Well, he certainly puts an emphasis on that. There are lots of other things, too, but you've, you've, you've got to play hard on the defensive end. The thing that I think is fun for fans right now is that, and I think most conversations around our state, go kind of like this. Hey, what's that football team going to be like this year? And you talk about what about OKJ? And then somebody will say, well, that basketball team, though. I mean, that basketball team. So, August conversations now among Razorback fans don't just center around football. And we've not done this in a while. And part of it is because they're playing right now. I don't know that we'd be talking about them quite as much if they weren't playing right now. But I think that people people know that this team's going to be really good. And um, they're excited about that. Guys, has it been 30 years since both programs have had this much excitement at this point in the year? Is it, you got to go back to the 90s when people felt this way about both of them at the same time? Well, right at the end, well, here's, it, it, you know, when, when Houston Nutt came in, uh, football became a year-round sport. Talk radio was beginning to take off. And, uh, you know, basketball had been to the Final Four, but there were starting to be, you know, you're starting to hear some grumbles in uh, 98. And so I don't think the excitement level was quite like it is now. I think you've got to go back to the 70s, but there wasn't talk radio then. There was no social media then. Uh, you got your news from either the Gazette or the Democrat and TV sports. And that's basically where you got it. And so 
yeah, I think there was that conversation about both, but I don't think it was like it is now just because you've got more you got more media covering it. There, there are just more platforms out there now. Yeah. I just think when people ask Chuck, you, Tommy, you, or me, and they uh, they start out with football, but then it's a quick, oh, yeah. as you said, transition to basketball. There's very it's few very, conversations that don't have both. In yeah, it. yeah, and that, well, that was not the case three or four years ago. Here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. You talk about what you believe in. And our fans believe in their basketball coach, and they believe in their football coach. They believe, I think, in for the most part, the entire staff. But you talk about what you believe in. And, you know, that's a big part of enthusiasm because you, you've, you've got to believe in that head coach. Everybody does. From the players to the fans to the administration, everybody's got to believe in that guy. And I think right now, and you look at football, men's basketball, those are two coaches that everybody believes in. And then the baseball is just kind of a given with Dave Van Horn. Taken for granted. Yeah, that's, yeah. and then it's kind of getting passed over. Not to say that people won't be excited about that baseball team at some point. Well, I think some people are excited about this football team as we jump back into this this scrimmage here. So hearing from Sam Pittman, 30-minute conversation yesterday, excuse me, not yesterday, on Saturday, which you can find on hitthatline.com and our YouTube channel as well. He talked a lot about the wide receivers, including Isaiah Satania. Here's what he said about the freshman and what he could be for this team this year. I tell you what, he can cut on a dime, man. Guy's got great ball skills. He's just a really good player, you know. Sometimes if you're not the biggest, you know, biggest guy, you have to have special skills, and he has them. I mean, he can separate really good hands. He doesn't say a word now. He just comes and goes to work every day. I really like the kid, and I like him a lot when he runs by people. I like him a little bit more, but that's what he has. He's got super speed now. I like him when he runs <laughs> he by him. He runs by him. I like him a lot more. better. So here, here's some of the wide receiver notes from yesterday. Landers caught a 50-yard touchdown, 65. Malik had about 12 to 15 snaps of wide receivers. Trey Knox had a 20 and 35-yard catch, and then Warren Thompson also had a touchdown. That's kind of the ones that stay out. I think that Matt Landers kid, man, he's 6'5 and can run. There's not many 6'5 guys that have speed that can then get up and down the field like this Landers kid seems to, Chuck. Well, he's a player. He's obviously a player, and he's going to he's going to factor into everything that they do this year. That is a group, you know, and he talks about, we talked about this some in the last hour, you know, when he talks about positions where you're still – trying to find out who the number ones are going to be or most of your competition is going to be. Talked about on offense, wide receivers, and defense cornerbacks. And, you know, there is real competition among those wide receivers. Um, And, look, let's be honest. The big guys are the ones that are going to have the advantage. For example, Satania, a smaller guy. I think there will be some snaps for him. I wonder about Isaiah more um, punt return, special teams. That's where I see a guy like that yeah. having an opportunity to make a real, real impact on the team. He'll, he'll, he'll play some at wide receiver. But you know, you look at Landers at six five, Thompson at six four. These are big, fast targets. Uh, Trey Knox, big, fast targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys who can get some yards after the catch. Uh, guys who can score touchdowns. Guys who can break a tackle at the fifteen yard line and score. Um, those are guys that are going to get real opportunities. And uh, K.J. evidently is developing a nice comfort level with him. Yeah. And he has – I mean, the deep ball hasn't been used across the board as much with him, Tommy. He had Burks last year. But 
go back and watch. If you get a chance sometime this week or two or just before football, go back and watch the 2015 Baylor team with Bryce Petty and Coleman, Katie Cannon, a bunch of tall, as you're talking about, Chuck, tall, physical wide receivers. There's another one that plays that's in the pros that I can't think of his name. But these guys are all above six feet. They can all run. Big 12 defense, a lot different. But Petty's just on. They basically ran the ball. They chucked a 20- or 30-yard fade route or go route. I don't know if he can do that this year, if KJ can do that, but this guy had the best deep ball in the SEC last year, Tommy. No, they're not going to do it like that. He'll, 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 uh, um, he's he's, he's, he's going to throw some deep balls, but, but this idea that you're going to run it like what they did, he isn't that type quarterback. Um, uh, these, are, these, these have got to be – you've got to have a combination of possession receivers. You've got to have a combination of guys who can go deep. But, you know, we, we, we focus on the deep ball, and there's, there's an importance in the deep ball. I think about the Burks play last year against Texas A&M. But um, you got to make your money, you know, catching and throwing. And when it's third and eight, you throw for nine. And when it's third and 14, you've got to play to get your 15. And when you have an opportunity in the early downs to throw deep downfield, you do that. But um, – um, you know, you don't throw that many deep balls in a game. Deep balls are set up, um, and um, I, I don't think you're going to see continuous go routes and fades and things like that. I think you'll see it some. To me, the deep ball is used, the go routes, and in, in trying to get 30 and 40 yards through the air, that's used to keep the defense honest. I mean, that's just so they know that's to put it in the back of their mind and know it's there, and you'll hit on a few of them, and you won't. I think KJ throws a very accurate deep ball from what we we've seen last year. But I think when you've got the Chuck, you laid it out pretty good there that you know with Landers, with Warren Thompson, with with Trey Knox, with Hazelwood, you've got some big, tough physical receivers that are going to be hard to block but they can also deliver some good blocks so you get that collection of guys out there one time you know you're going to be able to do some things by getting the ball behind those receivers and, and open up some lanes well you look there's lots of college football's full of fast guys who can't get off the line of scrimmage i mean sidelines every saturday filled with wide receivers who are fast and can't get off the line of scrimmage you're going to face press coverage in our league you're going to face big physical cornerbacks. They're not going to let you get off the line of scrimmage without a battle. Um, and and you've, you've, you've got to have that in you. You've got to be able to block downfield. Um, you know, it, it, it goes so far beyond just being fast. Um, you know, that's, that's certainly a great component. But um, you've got to be a football player out at that position. And it's not just about being faster than the other guy. Yeah, I, I just see... You know, not every week is everyone going to be able to match up with that collection as you laid it out right there, you know, across those four spots. There's going to be a mismatch in there somewhere that Kendall Bryles and K.J. Jefferson are going to take advantage of. That, at least that would be the hope on paper. Now, you got to go execute it, but um, those, are, those are four guys that are going to be hard to – they're going to be a handful. But I think Ty's point's well made in that you know, you do have guys, as you talked about, keeping the defense honest. I mean, you do have guys who can do that. And um, uh, there is an element of speed there that, you know, the defense on the other side always knows that there's somebody that can beat you. And um, that is, you know, that's a good feeling, I'm sure, if you're Kendall Bryles, that you've got a receiving core, it appears, that can beat you in a lot of ways. 
and you have a quarterback, it appears, that is going to be able to get him the ball. I think one of the reasons that you won't see Arkansas have the number one rushing attack in the Power Five, it's not because they struggle running the football, is because I think they're going to be more balanced in terms of more what you presume to be weapons across the board this year. Basically, last year it was running or throw it to Burks. In the simplest of forms, they were going to run the football or throw it to Burks. Now, other guys made some plays last year. Warren Thompson, Devion Warren, Morris. But Burks had over a third of your receiving yards. And in a third down situation, everyone knew where the ball was going to. And somehow, someway, he'd still make a play and get you that yardage, get you that line of game, whatever you needed. This year... You don't necessarily know. You've documented all the guys that you can throw the ball to. Now those guys have to deliver, and they have to run the right routes, and they have to make the plays that a lot of times Burks did last year. But you're going to have, it's like death by a thousand cuts this year is the hope. It's what you're, as an Arkansas fan, you're looking at this football team right now, and you're saying, well, we don't know where the, and the, the opponent's like, well, we don't know where the, weapon is going to come from this year yeah and we've talked about this on the show the the three of us about being able to run the ball to set up the pass chuck it's going to be interesting and we were kind of kicking this around over over the weekend what do the safeties do and how those opponents bring their safeties up or hold them back is probably going to be a a big clue as to to what kendall bryles thinks he can do with the play calling well you better be sure that one of them is going to have their eye on the quarterback and that's the thing that kj does is is you know you have to account for him uh with the way you line up on defense and and that's where i think he is such uh such a weapon and so so valuable um is the way that you know he makes them respect his ability to run the ball and that's that's reflected in their alignment and that that does give you a chance to throw deep and do some things in the in the passing game uh, you know this 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 crew of receivers i think has the potential to be deeper uh, than the uh, than the group last year there's not there may not be now one of these guys may develop into trailing burks but i don't know that there's going to be very many trailing burks come along but May not be as spectacular as Burks was, and may not be, you may not be able to do what you did at Alabama. Just throw it up, and he catch it, stop on a dime, then run fifty yards. I mean, you may not have anybody like that, but I do think as a group, I do think as a group, this is this is has the potential anyway to be a deeper group. I heard Keyshawn, Freddie Coleman, and Harry Douglas talking about the quarterback situation this morning in the NFL. They're talking about Zach Wilson, the injured Jets quarterback. If you're looking at Arkansas' schedule right now and you just go down the list of quarterback to quarterback and not necessarily the weapons, the defense, the coaches, but you've got a better quarterback than whoever Cincinnati's going to put out there. And I know that Fickle's having that battle right now. South Carolina, I think you can make a case that Rattler's pretty good and you don't want to underestimate him. I've seen some fans do that already. That kid's going to walk in here wanting something to prove. Most state doesn't have anyone. A&M doesn't matter if it's, if it's Johnson or if it's Haynes Keen. You're not you're not better than Bryce Young. Will Rogers, good quarterback, is going to put up some stats. Maybe he gets the edge in Starkville. BYU's have got a, a gunslinger that's pretty good. I think they were twenty one and five or something like that. Auburn, you're fine. Liberty, no Malik Willis. LSU, you're fine between those three. Ole Miss, apparently Altmeyer and Dart had a terrible scrimmage this past weekend, and then Missouri, they just named their starting quarterback. So in really only your twelve football games, there's only. One that is for sure better than you at the quarterback position, and that two that you can make an actual case for. 
So nine of your games, you have a quarterback advantage over every single team that you play this year. That's a good place to start. Hot Take Monday brought to you by Wills RV, five miles west of exit 72, off I-49 in Springdale, home of the Lifetime Warranty. Seek, explore, discover with Wills RV. But when it comes to KJ, I think I think the run game and, and his running game, because he, he's described accurately as a running back that plays quarterback. And I think there, I don't know if he'll, he'll get to 1,000 yards. I don't know that he'll be Matt Jones statistically. But the better the running game, Chuck, the, I just think the, the, the more freedom they'll have in the passing game. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's a big part of it. You've got to start right there. I think their offensive line is what gives them a chance. Um, you know, none of these things we're talking about are going to happen. If your offensive line isn't good, and I think that's that's one of the things when you look at this team that makes you feel like you're going to have a chance to control the line physically, you know, control the game physically. I've always believed if you've got a good offensive line, you can control the tempo of the game. That's what gives you an opportunity to control the tempo of the game, not just for your offense, but for your defense, for every aspect of the ball game. Uh, if your offensive line is dominant, you control the game. And um, I think we're going to have a chance to be that type team, not against everyone, but I think there are going to be lots of games where we dominate people up front and, and, and we'll, 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 we'll benefit running and throwing from that. Yeah. It's the week before school starts. I guess we should point out practices are in the morning this week, which is different. So by time by the time Phil and – and, and the crew get on the air at 11, we'll have a, an idea of what happened in today's practice. They hit the field in about 15 minutes this morning, and, um, you know, they're a week away from, from school getting underway and a little bit different pace going early in the morning, Chuck, versus uh, middle of the afternoon like they've done through the first two weeks. They'll get a lot of work in this week. You're kind of in the point now where, um, you know, it begins to grind a little bit. I, I mean, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's excitement when you start. Uh, there's excitement leading up to that first scrimmage, and then you hit a period where you know you got to fight through it. And I suspect that this is going to be one of those weeks where you've got to fight through it a little bit, and um, maybe working in the morning will help alleviate some of that. Uh, it's uh, I'm sure it's going to be hot in the afternoon again this week, so not unusual that they do this. Um, you know, sometimes when you move through the heart of camp you change things up a little bit just to kind of keep it fresh because it is a grind now yeah and we won't hear from sam Pittman again until saturday it's uh cody kennedy and o-line players today so uh they got their their day off yesterday so uh that's kind of the, the schedule for this week then a lot of players kind of getting back to the routine of getting to class and all the the things that go along with uh, the, the rest of campus life beginning next week. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then, learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.